On this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional, I'm going to get Suzanne a little bit riled up, but then I'm going to calm her down because I'm going to ask her advice in a new segment called, What Would Suzanne Do? I think she's going to like that. Listen in to find out. Let's go. Why, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. I am Michelle, and I'm here today with Suzanne. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Michelle. Just note to self, we are pre-recording a couple episodes, so I haven't been sick for like three weeks. I just am still dealing with the cold that I had when we recorded our book club, but it's all one big week in Hawaii that I'm sick. Yes. And it's miserable to be sick while you're on vacation. It's disappointing to be sick. And I'm not sick sick. I'm just under the weather sick. Yeah. Let's clarify that because you have been around people this week. It's a head cold. You've already tested negative for COVID. You've tested negative for the flu and RSV. RSV. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a head cold. And, you know, let's take a moment to talk about you being diagnosed with this head cold. Yes. And yeah, yeah, this is really good. (laughs) Listen up, people, because, you know, as somebody who, when they don't feel good, always says to myself, I don't need to go to the doctor because they're not going to be able to do anything about it anyway. To have an experience, this is why I think that. So go ahead and share, Suzanne. Well, okay. Yeah. And let's just start with, you know, I'm in Hawaii. It's not my, the first thing on my list that I want to do in Hawaii is get up in the morning and decide I feel crummy enough to actually make an appointment to go in to see a doctor. You know, I'm not going for fun. I'm going for a reason. So when I get there, I don't want some stupid little doctor disregarding me and my symptoms. And that's exactly what happened to me. And I am still ticked about it. I am because I don't think anyone should be treated like that. At the first day of our trip, my son and daughter-in-law and children texted me halfway on their flight to Hawaii that their son was burning up with fever. I mean, it came on quickly. They never saw it coming. He had no symptoms. And they were like, what do we do? How do we cool him down? And they got here fine, no issues, but took him to the doctor the first day. And he tested positive for influenza A. And the doctor said to them, because we were all sharing a small space, a condominium, should anyone else in your family start exhibiting flu-like symptoms, just call us and we will prescribe Tamiflu. You don't need to come in. So a few days went by, no one gets sick. I wake up like day after Thanksgiving, so about five days later, and I had a wicked sore throat. And I never get sore throats. So I thought, here it is. Although I've already had my flu shot, I thought I better get in because can you catch the flu? So I made an appointment 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, because that's what I want to do the day after Thanksgiving is go to a doctor. And I make my appointment and I come in and she makes me mask up, which makes sense because I might have the flu. And they have to fire up the flu testing machine. And then they swab me for COVID. And 
to make sure I don't have COVID. And she looks at my throat and she looks at my ears. My my left ear was killing me. And I said, yeah, the sore throat actually kept me up all night. That's why I'm here. And she looked at me and laughed. And she said, well, that surprises me. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, your throat looks fine. It's not red. It's not swollen. Yeah. It doesn't look like your throat hurts that bad. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not, I'm not in here for a good time. I'm not in here to, to because I have nothing else I want to be doing. I'm in here because I'm worried about having the flu and my throat is on fire and I was up all night with it. And she's like, like I'm faking it. And so she said, well, you know, I could prescribe something, but let's just see how the tests come back. And so, of course, I tested negative for the flu, negative for COVID, negative for RSV. And she said, I hate to prescribe anything for someone who has high blood pressure. And I said, I don't have high blood pressure. And she said, well, I see you're on a medication for high blood pressure. And I said, no, I'm on a medication for SVTs, which is a benign heart condition. I've been on it for years. I said, I'm not on it for high blood pressure. And she said, well, still, I don't think I should prescribe anything because you're on this medication. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I wanted to say a bad word there, but I refrained. I mean, she basically said everything other than I'm not prescribing medicine to you because you're faking it. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. And so then she said, I can give you a throat spray to soothe your throat, which she said is basically lanocaine. Well, I hate lanocaine because it numbs your throat. It's like, I'm not going to use the lanocaine. And then she said, and you can get some over-the-counter Flonase for any congestion you might have. (laughs) I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, I was- lady. Yeah. And so then I went home and- my son was also had a sore, and I said, don't bother going in, just call and see if you can get Tamiflu. So he called and they said, oh no, you have to come in. <laughs> so he didn't go in because it's like not worth it. And he is down with the flu now because even though they told my other son just to call, they actually said, no, you have to come in. But when you go in, they look at you like you're faking it. Yeah, maybe they're a fake doctor. Did you see a medical degree on the wall? No, no, it was a minute clinic. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm yeah. sorry so, you had that anyway. experience. But doesn't that just irritate you, no matter what the situation, where you go in and they basically don't take you seriously? Like, really? <laughs> you know, I'm a grown woman, don't really want to be here. Don't do that to me. Exactly. Show me some respect. I'm bringing myself in here. I don't feel good. I'm not a hypochondriac. I've been exposed to the flu. Yep. So there you have it. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you. When we were talking the other day, this kind of brought up a couple other events that have happened recently in your life where you kind of felt treated the same exact way. And I think one had to do with a banking situation. You're just getting me all fired up today because this is a, it's like here I was trying to do my civic duty because I have several times gotten those phishing scam calls where 
they call and they identify themselves as credit card services from my bank. And then they will ask me, did you make a charge for $1,220 in Alabama? And I'll say, no, I did not. And then they fish and they say, well, we have several charges here you need to, which sounds very legitimate. Now, this has happened to me a few times where I've actually been able to go into my bank and say, listen, this is happening. Just want to make you aware of it. I didn't fall for the scam. And then the bank reassures me that if they're calling me to verify charges, it will be an automated call. You will not get a live person. So the other day, I get a call from my bank's phone number, which, you know, I could say it out loud, but I won't. But it's a very distinct number. And so it's easy to recognize. And in my phone, it actually comes up as my bank. And then the number is there. And I got a live person asking me to verify charges from my bank's phone number. And so I called my bank and said, hey, this just happened. And she said, well, that is our customer service phone number. And I took a screenshot of it because I thought, I'm not going to argue with anyone. This is my bank's number. But the stupid customer service rep said, that is our customer service line. But I'm not at liberty to check your charges. I'm going to have to connect you to our fraud department. And I said, that's fine. I'm just reporting that this happened. It's becoming more sophisticated. And she said, well, ma'am, would you like me to cancel your card for you? And it's like, no, don't cancel my card. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, no, that is completely ridiculous because scams are easy to fall for. I've fallen for one before and I felt like a complete idiot. But now that they're becoming more and more advanced, I mean, receiving a call from the bank's number, going to to anyone who hasn't had this discussion with their bank before, they could very easily fall for it and give out information that could cause them harm and damage. And that's just horrible. All you were doing was calling to say, hey, I don't want other people to be scammed. They're using your number, 411. And I got dismissed. The customer service rep basically spoke to me in a condescending tone, and she dismissed me. And I thought, you know what? Then deal with it. You know what? Don't don't take my advice. Don't take my call seriously. Then you, the bank, can deal with it. Because... If it's happening to me, it's happening to a lot of their other clients. And it's like, oh, well, your problem, not mine. And it's very aggravating. Yes, I see that and very stupid of them. But why don't we turn this frown upside down and make a public (laughs) service announcement? What did the bank tell you? You know it's a scam if you talk to a live person. And you will always get an automated, or at least my bank, I'm sure most banks do this, you will get an automated call where you're pressing one or two to approve a transaction or deny a transaction. Yes. And that is the experience that I've had also with our bank. So yeah, just be 
mindful that scams are out there. Again, I've fallen for one myself. I felt really stupid afterwards. I've had my kids reach out to me and say, do you think this is a scam? And I'm like, yes, it's a scam. So yeah, just be mindful and know that those are out there, especially at this time of the year. But people like that just make me furious. They just, right. oh, they creep me out so bad. The scammers but also the customer service agents who don't take you seriously. Yeah, I was talking about the scammers, but customer service agents, I have had fabulous ones that are so helpful, but I've had others who, again, have dismissed me and made me feel stupid. And Right. Yeah, that's not a way to do your job. I don't like to be disregarded. I think you should take every person's information seriously, whether it's trivial or not. Whether you think it's factual or not, you should not be disregarded or dismissed. Agreed. And that's a good place to move forward unless you have anything else you want to say about that. No, I think I've said enough about that. Okay, well, let's move on. So, Suzanne, I have thought of another fun little segment that we can do, and it's called what would Suzanne do in this situation? Okay. And I have two questions that I would like to ask you because I have been dealing with them in my own personal life. As we discussed in last week's episode, Thanksgiving, I had a smaller crowd of people, everybody brought something, and I was responsible for making the mashed potatoes. Now, I know you don't like them, but a lot of people love them. Right. So I was trying to find a fun recipe to do something a little bit different than I've done before. Usually it's like sour cream in them, but I maybe want to like boil them in chicken broth or do something like that. So after looking at the internet, I found this wonderful recipe for mashed potatoes that I really wanted to try. Now here's the dilemma. Okay. Do I try a brand new recipe that I have not ever tasted for myself when I have 12 people coming to dinner that night? Or do I stick with tried and true? What would you do? I would stick with tried and true. You wouldn't try to shake it up any just to see if maybe you well, a one hit wonder here, something that's going to really speak to people that they'll be talking about next Thanksgiving? No. And the, the reason why is it may not be a one hit wonder and they may be talking about it next Thanksgiving for the wrong reasons. And it's like, you don't, you might as well do a trial run the week before. And then if it's a fabulous recipe, say, yep, it made the cut for Thanksgiving, we're going to make this. And my sister-in-law, who is a tremendous cook, and she spent the week before Thanksgiving testing recipes she wanted to have at Thanksgiving and we spent the week yaying or naying the recipes. And frankly, all of her recipes were outstanding. And so they all got an A plus from us. But she definitely tests them out before she serves them to a large group of people. And I think that's really smart because what if those mashed potatoes had sucked and everyone made fun of them? Yeah, I don't like to be made fun of. <clears throat> I'm not like... Julia Child's, uh, what's her name? Julia Child? Julia. Yeah. yeah. Julia I'm Child. Not, I'm not her. So <laughs> my cooking is decent, but not very exciting. So 
I should have done that. I should have not <laughs> tried a new recipe on Thanksgiving. Well, how did it go over though? How did the new did everyone love the mashed potatoes? How did Michelle handle this situation? Okay, here's the rest of the story. So I did make the potatoes. They um, were a version of the mashed potatoes that included bourgeon cheese, which is like a creamy uh, cheese spread. Mm -hmm. They were fabulous. I lucked out. I really think I scored on these. Everybody liked them, but I had that fear because I hadn't tried them before. So I made a batch of traditional potatoes too. So I had both. Well, and that would have been my second suggestion. It's like, if you're going to try a new recipe, be sure you have the traditional standing by so people can choose the more um, adventurous recipe or the tried and true. So I won that then. It all worked out. I had the back. I'm glad it did. And do you want to know which ones were eaten first? Probably the new ones, the, the new ones cheesy were. ones. Yeah, the, the cheesy, cheesy ones. ones. Yeah. So I was pretty happy that it played out that way because as you mentioned, it could have gone the other way. And believe me, I would not have heard the end of it. <laughs> exactly. They'd be talking about, about it 10 years from now. Yeah, but it would be memorable. I mean, I'm still hearing about the fact that Three years ago, I accidentally dumped the gravy down the drain. They still haven't forgotten that, and it's brought up every single Thanksgiving. Well, yeah. See, those things are pretty remarkable. Yeah. That makes me remarkable, I think, <laughs> in my mm -hmm. own mind. A legend. So that was the first, what would Suzanne do? Here's the second, what would Suzanne do? Because I find myself in this little dilemma. It hasn't played out yet, but I have been flying United this year mm -hmm. is my airline of choice. They have done a wonderful job for me. Even when they lost my baggage, they got it to me very quickly. So I am very close to being bumped up on my mileage level. So I'm currently a silver. I did do some research before this trip, and this trip should have put me over into the gold for their, their mileage. Mm -hmm. However, at the last minute, I changed my ticket which it ended up being a little less expensive. So now I'm $17 away from getting to that next level. So do I do another flight somewhere, which it is December, I don't have a whole lot of time. Do I call the airlines and ask them to give me $17 or ask if I can buy those 17 miles? What would you do? Well, first of all, I'm just going to start with I like that you think in terms of what would Suzanne do, because, you know, I always have a pretty definite opinion about what I'm going to do. And I find it very flattering that what would Suzanne do in this case? I would absolutely call the airlines and I would probably be a little more assertive maybe than you might choose to be. But that's only because I'm not a big fan of United Airlines. <laughs> So I'm not fighting for that gold status by $17, but it is absurd to me that if you're $17 short of making gold status, they don't just automatically bump you up, especially since you were there and then had to change your plans and you slipped right below the threshold. 
So it definitely needs to be addressed. And United better step up and make that right. I hope so, because I do have future travel in January. So just after the first of the year, that will put me way into earning status for next year. But it is frustrating. I'm not an overly assertive person. I'm very nice. So how would you handle that call? Would you just go in demanding? Would you go in and say, hey, listen here? I, I would start out very nicely. Try to be very polite to start out. Nice really isn't a word I people describe me as. I'm not a really nice person, but I am polite. And so I probably would start the conversation with, hey, here's what happened. Is there any way I can, you know, you'll credit me that 17 bucks. Can I pay you 17 bucks just to keep my status? I would negotiate a little bit. And then if I got a firm no, I think I would have to pull the, well, you know what? You can cancel my flight in January, my international flight in January. I'm going to book with another airline and I won't be using United any longer. Bye-bye. That would kill me to do if they said no. I don't think I could actually follow Well, I think you have to, before you, well, if you prefer United, yeah, it would be a really hard commitment to make to say, well, I'm pulling the plug on United. And like I said, I'm not a United fan. I have another airline, Delta Airlines, that I love. And so would I be able to do that with Delta Airlines? I don't know if I could be that firm because I do really love Delta Airlines. But going into the call, you'd have to be prepared because let's face it, if they're going to nitpick over 17 bucks, that to me is crazy crazy bad business. I would agree. So hopefully they'll hear me. They'll hear my words. And it's probably a situation they've worked with Mm -hmm. before. So hopefully they've handled it well before. And there's like a precedent as to what there probably is. And, and I know that at least in the past, Alaska Airlines, which you and I have both flown frequently, had like a hundred dollar leeway to bump you up. I don't know if they still do that now, but that used to be their policy that if you were within a hundred dollars or you were within a hundred miles, they'd bump you up anyway. So I would think that United Airlines, but it'll be a good follow-up for a future broadcast. You can tell us how it works out. Come on, United Airlines, just do the right thing. When you see I'm right there, just give it to me. I don't want to make a call, but I will make a call if I have to. Yeah. So interestingly, one of the gentlemen here that's in Hawaii with us actually had a similar, not a similar situation as yours, but had an incident with the airlines. And his first thought was, how would Suzanne handle this? And I am just feeling like, very flattered that people are actually thinking, well, how would Suzanne handle this? Well, you're a and very wise woman. And I don't know about measured. that. You're very measured very, in your approach. I like that. Yeah. So and I'm very I would be flattered I'm, too. Yeah. I'm not very wishy-washy. I know what I want to accomplish and I take a path to accomplish it. I will give myself that. But I feel like I'm getting stroked quite a bit in the last few days because I've had a couple occasions where people would say, well, what would Suzanne do about this? Well, let's not get too big of an ego about it, Suzanne. 
Well, hey, let me just enjoy the moment. I will let you enjoy the moment, which just reminds me that um, my husband, he, you know, has started his podcast. And one of the segments that he wants to introduce is what would Badger do? And it has to do with him giving relationship advice, which I'm like, are you crazy right now? Don't do that because it it should be what would Badger do and do the opposite. Yeah. I could see him having a segment, what would Badger do when it comes to betting on a game or making a decision about a financial decision. But on relationships, yeah, run, don't walk away from that segment. Exactly. Sorry. Sorry. Know what you're good at. <laughs> know what like, you can speak of and that people will get valuable advice so they'll come back to you again. Yeah. 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 He can only have that segment if he has me there to counteract or counterbalance his what would Badger do, what would Suzanne do. Yeah, kind of like he he and she or what he said, yeah, exactly. she said sort of thing. But I do want to throw out there too, I don't really feel like you're a traitor in this moment, but oh. he did ask you to be on his podcast and you accepted, which he's accusing us of firing him, which we didn't do. We didn't do. And I can go on his podcast and defend that and okay. remind him that. We did not fire him. As long as you promise to do that and not just go with something for the sake of a story because, yeah, I didn't fire oh, him. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll defend us. I'll defend us. Okay. Well, I'll believe you. And, you know, I am throwing my husband a little bit under the bus right now about relationship advice, but he stepped in yesterday. I was shopping and he said, go ahead and get it. I just sent a picture and... That was good relationship advice. Whatever makes you happy. And that did. So he does have really good moments too where he just embraces it. Mm-hmm. And you sent him that picture based on whose advice? It was your advice, Suzanne. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I just you. thought I'd throw that out there. I knew. I knew you would go there and I'm happy you did. So with all that, why don't we go to closing? Sounds good. Coming to the end of another wonderful Orange Juice Optional episode. We are getting ready to go enjoy the rain outside. But before we do, I think we need to remind the listeners that in December, we are reading the book, One Day in December by Josie Silver. I think it'll be a fun read, a Hallmark read, sweet, nostalgic, probably, you know, a little far-fetched. But, you know, we all need a little bit of far-fetched. Don't you agree? I do agree. I'm sorry. I was just distracted because there was just this weird noise in my hotel room and it surprised me. And it's like, what am I listening to? So I apologize. I do agree with you. Okay. Well, (laughs) do you have something for us to sip on? If not, I have something pulled up here I can share. Well, I had pulled aside in our hotel room that we're staying in in Hawaii. We get a card that has a quote on it. And I was going to use this quote, but I think I'm I'm going to read it to you, but I'm listening to it and it's like, it doesn't really make any sense to me. So I'm going to read it and then we can use your quote for something to sip on. 
Okay, but I just want to say we do think a lot alike because I was look I was looking at all those quotes that were placed next to the bed trying to find one, and there are several good ones in there. So I'm anxious to hear the one that you selected. Okay, and frankly, this is the first one I've seen. <laughs> it's like, wait, all these quotes. I only have one. I have a stack of them. Jeff Did probably throws really? them away or something. He must throw them away without letting me see them. Okay. It's in my youth, I believed in somewhere else. I put my faith in travel. Now I am becoming my own tree. And who is that by? Does it have an author? It's by William S. Merwin. And I don't understand it at all. I I don't either. So I was asking who it was by so I could think about it a little more and like sound wise, but uh, that didn't happen. I will, I will say it again and we can all sip on it for the next few days and then we'll listen to your quote. Okay. Here's the quote. In my youth, I believed in somewhere else. I put my faith in travel. Now I am becoming my own tree. I still don't get it, but I will. Think I don't about get that. it either. I will be thinking yeah. about that. Yeah, um, the something to sip on that I pulled up. I in the last episode shared a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. This week, I would like to share one by Mary McLeod Bethune, and it says, "Oh, I love it." Invest in the human soul. Who knows? It might be a diamond in the rough. And again, that was by Mary McLeod Bethune. And there's your something to sip on. Until next week, be a tree. (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) Cheers.